Welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On this episode of the podcast slash vlog, I'm going to be covering my top five things you need to know or learn before you take your first overlanding trip. So if you want to learn more about that, stay tuned. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so as I mentioned... On this episode, we're going to be talking about the top five things that you need to know slash learn before you go on your first overlanding trip. So, you know, we've all kind of seen the basics of what is overlanding. We've all talked about different gear that you need for each overlanding trip. So on today's episode, you know, episode two of season two, I wanted to just kind of touch on the bare bones basics that you need to know before you take your first overlanding trip. And kind of the thing that spawned this episode was... I actually have a buddy of mine that recently hit me up and he said, you know what, I've never been overlanding before, but could you help me out? Like, tell me where to go. How do I figure out, you know, the trails that I need to take? How do I figure out the location, the destination that I'm going to be going to? Um, Can you just kind of give me a, a cursory glance at what I need to do to get prepared for my first trip? So this video is kind of dedicated to that. So I also feel like there are a lot of people out there that have never been overlanding before, or, you know, you've been camping or, you know, whatever. Terminology doesn't matter, right? Like, there's no judgment here. I'm not saying, oh, this person went camping or they went car camping or they're a Foverlanders or they're Broverlanders or whatever. You know, there's all these terms out there, right? What I'm trying to get to here is how do I help new people like myself a few years ago that said, you know what? I've off-roaded before. I have a four-wheel drive vehicle. I want to go on a trip. I want to overland. I want to see what this is all about. So on this video, again, what we're going to talk about is what are the most important things, the top five things that you need to know and you need to prepare in order to go on your first overlanding trip. So, you know, let's keep in mind that these are my opinions, right? So again, I've been doing this for several years now. I've enjoyed it enough that I decided to make my own YouTube channel and a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a website and all that stuff. And I do, I really love overlanding. Um, But again, this is my opinion, right? So what I want from you guys as you're watching this video is I would love it if you guys would post up in the comments below and just let me know, hey, here's what I think you missed or hey, here's something that I think is essential for someone starting out in overlanding. So number one, training slash videos, right? So there are a lot of expos. There's, you know, there's Overlanding Expo West, there's Overlanding Expo East. Now there's a a Midwest 
Overlanding Expo, the Moore Expo. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to the Moore Expo, but I will be, I am planning to attend the Overland East Expo this coming October. So if any of you guys are going to that, please post up in the comments below. Let me know because I'd love to meet up with you guys out there. Um, so, but here's where I'm going with this, right? So we all watch these videos, right? We watch these videos on YouTube and they talk about or they show via super fancy drone shots, super fancy you know, time lapses, things like that, you know, your mountain states, your expedition overlands, whoever you're watching, four-wheel drive action, right? All these awesome channels that make overlanding look like godly stuff, right? Like super awesome, super dramatic, super slow-mo stuff. Um, but the honest truth is like most of us aren't, we're not even going for that, right? Like, and, and I'm not trying to disparage anyone. I'm just saying like, even, you know, myself included, I have a YouTube channel. Great. Most of the time I go to a national forest and I camp for a couple of nights, right? So without diving into definitions and saying you're an overlander, or you're not an overlander, which everybody loves to do. I, I feel like if you just have the desire and the drive to get out there and go and explore, then you're an overlander. That's all it takes. So boom. If you do that, great. You're an overlander. I mean, if you don't care about overlanding and you you want to just argue about, oh, you're a car camper or, oh, you're who cares what an overlander is, then you're just an asshole, right? Like that's just that's just the nature of the beast, right? But really, it doesn't matter. As long as we all have the desire and the interest in going out and taking trips and living and learning and exploring more, that's all that matters. So... What I mean by training classes slash videos is, again, as I mentioned, going to expos, watching videos, not getting caught up in just the cinematic stuff, not just watching awesome, cool videos that are amazing and make you like want to go out and just risk your life in Brazil or whatever. You know, like we all need to kind of treat this as a serious thing, because when you're going out, particularly if you're going solo, which I do a lot. You need to know how to work your recovery gear. You need to know the basics of four-wheel drive. You need to know how to overcome different obstacles. You know, there's there's a ton of stuff, just basic information that you need to understand as an overlander that will potentially save your life. So I'm going to post some links to videos down below. Um, you know, what I'm thinking of is instead of like the super fancy cinematic videos, what you need to start with is things like Ronnie Dahl's channel, which I'll post a link to down below. Um, Wander Lost Overland. I've met them in person. They're super fantastic folks. They have a large YouTube following. They take it very seriously. I will post a video link to um, one that they made about kind of like trip planning and how they go about it. It's about 20 minutes long, but it's a really interesting video um, with some great information in it that I think is great. Um, and there's a, a number of other ones too. So again, if you guys know of a video that's like, wow, this is the one that taught me how to overland, or this is the one that taught me how to plan trips, or this is the one that taught me about recovery, right? Definitely feel free to comment below and post those up because there's never too much information, right? Um, so yeah, so I will post those videos down below. If you're a beginning overlander, or even if you're not and you just want to learn more because you can never learn too much, click on the links below and check out these other guys' channels because they're great. Um, so that's number one. Um, most important topic number two, recovery gear. You've probably heard this before. If you've been into overlanding, if you've watched other videos, we all agree that recovery gear is super important, right? If, especially again, if you're going back to myself, I, I do a lot of solo overlanding. I take a lot of solo trips, partially because I'm trying to get away from my kids, <laughs> partially because I just enjoy going and exploring on my own without anybody else pressuring me. Um, 
also it's weird for other people when you have to stop all the time and get out and set up a camera or a tripod and take shots and think about b-roll and things like that so you know that's that's not something that everybody has to worry about so if you don't have to worry about those things great enjoy that but again, I go solo a lot because of those reasons. So as a result, I have to think a little bit differently about recovery gear. I have to be able to self-recover no matter what the situation, right? So um, there's a number of tools that can help you with recovery. The bare bones basics, right, are some sort of a shackle. So it could be a hard steel uh, D-ring type shackle. It could be a soft shackle. There are benefits to both. The soft shackle is obviously a little safer. Um, you need some sort of a recovery rope, and it is important that you get a recovery rope or recovery strap, not a toe strap. And I will tell you a funny story, and please don't judge me and don't laugh at me, but this is how we learn, right? I went, it's about two years now ago, I went to the Manistee area of Michigan with about 15 other rigs. It was a couple of groups that kind of came together to uh, do a trip, and it was awesome. There were so many rigs there, so much stuff to do, you know, Jeeps and Toyotas and Nissans and just everything, you know, Mitsubishis, everything you could imagine, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. But we, we went through this kind of copse of trees, this, like, wooded area, and we came to this creek, and it looked fairly deep, and there was a, a Jeep JK Rubicon in front of me. He was kind of the, the group lead. And he kind of, we got out of our vehicles and he's talking to me and he's like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to make it across this creek. It was kind of frozen over on the top, but it looked like it could be fairly deep. It was fairly wide. Um, and he said, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to attach a toe strap to my vehicle or a, a recovery strap to my vehicle just in case. And then that way, if worst case, if I get stuck, somebody can go around and they can pull me out. So he goes down, he turns on all his lockers, whatever. I'm not a Rubicon guy. And he hits this creek and he gets stuck, like immediately. <laughs> Just like he goes out a little bit, he breaks through the ice, he falls down into the creek, he's stuck. Um, he was a maniac enough to where he fought his way out. He got out the other side. So he gets to the other side. He doesn't have a winch or anything. He just has a recovery strap. I'm next in line. And I'm like, bro, listen, I have an 05 Xterra. At that time, I had AT tires on it, um, open diffs. And I'm like, all right, listen, if you couldn't get through that, like there's no way I'm getting through that. So be ready. And I attach my strap to the to the front bumper. Um, I have, you know, on the exteriors, you have you have spots for two hooks, but stock it only comes with one, and it's like a weird just hook, basically. So I had attached the strap to that, thrown it up on the hood, wrapped it around the antenna, and I was ready to go. I dive down in the water, I shoot through it, I try to go the best that I can, and guess what? I got stuck. And so the guy was ready and I, I kind of climbed out and it was basically up to the sills. So it wasn't flooding my truck or anything. I wasn't in, in any danger. Although later I learned that I flooded my rear axle seals and I ended up having to spend a good amount of money to have four wheel parts kind of help me buy some parts from Nissan and repair the rear axle. Um, but so I throw this strap up. This guy tows me out graciously. Thank you. I get out to the other side. The next guy behind me is in a pretty built up, lockered up Xterra. 35s, six inches of lift, like a pretty built up Xterra. He gets down, he gets stuck. So I'm like, no problem. Look, I want to help you. Like, I'm an Xterra, you're an Xterra. I want to help you. Not that I don't want to help people that aren't Xterras, but particularly like the brand love was there. I was like, I'm going to help you. I take my same strap that I just used. I attach it to my D-ring hitch mount in the rear of the Xterra. 
We tie it onto the front of his truck. I go and I give it a good yank, and you hear a snap. And the thing just explodes. And the strap goes flying back right at his windshield, freaking him out, which I don't blame him. And then afterwards, so then I'm like, you know, I'm just freaked out. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And we get a different strap. And actually, you know, the somebody else had a winch. And so we get them around and we, we pull this guy out. But after the, after the fact, I realized I had grabbed the wrong strap. I had grabbed a toe strap, not a recovery strap. And for those of you that are new to this, there is a big difference. A toe strap is literally not meant to have any sort of sudden tension on it. It's meant to be a static line. So... A tow strap is something that you would attach to one vehicle pulling another vehicle. You would slowly pull it until it's taut, and then you would just drag that vehicle behind you. A recovery strap has flex in it. It has the ability to absorb that momentum when you yank someone out of a trouble spot. And I did not have the right kind of strap. And here's the worst thing. So now that you understand the difference between those two things, or you probably did already if you're a a seasoned overlander or off-roader, um, if I had had, you know, a D ring on it, a metal D ring that wasn't attached to my metal D ring on the back of my truck, that could have gone through his windshield, potentially could have killed him or hurt him, could have damaged his vehicle. There's a million different things that could come from that, right? That are not good. So recovery is extremely important. So I highly encourage you guys, you know, I've learned the hard way a few times. And I mean, I've been off-roading 30 times, 35 times, probably different off-road parks, Actually, it's probably more than that, including all the overlanding trips I've done the last few years. But, you know, let's call it 40 times, just below. Let's say 40 times I've been off-road or overlanding, and you learn something new every time. So what I would encourage is I've learned the hard way from messing up and experiencing these things. But go to an expo and sit in those classes and learn about how to recover people properly, how to be safe when doing a recovery, what gear to use when doing a recovery, Watch not just the glossy cinematic YouTube videos, but watch the ones that are actually like educational and teach you about how to recover someone, how to recover someone from water, how to recover someone in front of you, behind you, the different types of recoveries that you may have to do. Um, If you have a winch, I have a winch. I have never had to use it, honestly. I would, I am really planning to get out with a few other guys and practice with the winch Um, and also again, like I mentioned, I'm planning to go to Overland Expo East and I'm going to be taking as many classes as I I possibly can to learn how to use my winch properly and safely. Um, so definitely be thinking about that stuff too. So recovery gear kind of goes hand in hand with that training slash, you know, learning about your vehicle and how to recover and how to be safe when overlanding. Um, but here's the other thing. So recovery gear could include, a strap, it could include D-rings, soft shackles, it could include a winch. So again, there's totally different things you have to learn about a winch. How do you operate it? How do you control it? What do you have to think about before you go into a potential hazard? Do you need to go ahead and plug in your your controller to your solenoid? You know, there's a ton of things that you have to think about when doing that. So just because you have a winch doesn't mean you're safe. If you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how to safely use it, then there's a lot of danger in that too, right? So this is serious stuff and you have to think about it. Um, you know, if you look at like that recently, there's been a thing that went viral and that was the guy in the forerunner that got stuck out on the playa in like Las Vegas. Um, everybody kind of just railed on that guy. And it's like, you know what? He thought he was okay until he wasn't. And it's tough to judge a situation until it's too late. And that happens a lot. So rather than judging people that have been stuck in those positions, because it could just as easily be you, 
The best thing to do is, again, train yourself, prepare yourself, know your recovery gear, make sure you carry as much recovery gear as possible, have the traction mats, have the recovery strap, have bubble rope, have soft shackles, have hard shackles, have a winch, have all these things and know how to use them properly and in which situation to use them. Um, So that's super important too. So that's kind of number two, recovery gear. Um, Number three, comms. So, you know, we've talked about learning about how to overland, learning about how to self-recover, learning about your recovery gear, carrying the right recovery gear. So next, I would view comms as most important. And what I mean by that is there's a number of things there too, right? So, you know, there's there's a ton of GPS-based things like lifelines and things like that where you can kind of tell people where you're going. A lot of us don't have the money for that, right? And again, being a budget-minded overlander... I don't have 700 bucks to spend on a satellite emergency signal thing, right? Like, I, I just don't. And But if you do, definitely, I mean, it's super important. I'm not saying anything bad about people that have bought them. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy them. If you can afford it, absolutely buy it because your safety is paramount, right? If you, like, you could be the coolest, toughest guy ever. You could be out there you know, pooping in the woods and burying it with a shovel and wiping with leaves and be as tough as you want. But if you die, it doesn't matter. None of it matters, right? So you have to think about how can I communicate with the outside world? A lot of the times when we are going on these trips, we are going to places that are intentionally away from society, civilization, help. Um, that's kind of the whole idea, right? That's that's what we're going to explore. So you need to make sure that you can communicate with the outside. It's very important. Um I'll give you a specific example. A month, month and a half or two ago, when I went on my West Virginia trip, I went with a few buddies. And while I was out there, it just, it never even occurred to me, right? Like I figured like when we get out in the the bush, when we get out into the middle of the forest, I'm probably going to have spotty cell phone reception. However, what I didn't calculate or realize was West Virginia is not a Verizon place. And I have Verizon. So literally about three hours out from when we even hit where we were meeting, I lost all reception, like total blackout. I couldn't contact my wife. I couldn't, you know, do any work. I couldn't check my email. I couldn't do anything. And what I, what I learned from that was like, holy crap, I never, even, I never even thought to look at that. I just, I assumed incorrectly that I would have cell phone reception, whether it's roaming or whatever, on other people's towers anywhere I went. And I kid you not, for four straight days, I couldn't even, I had to like go into a McDonald's if we happened upon a town and connect to their Wi-Fi to even be able to check my email. Like I had no reception. So that's scary and it's important. So if you, you, when you're planning your trips, you need to look at what is the cell phone coverage? What are my backup plans? Do I have a way to contact people? And absolutely worst case, you need to definitely let, you know, family and loved ones know, look, here's my plan. Here's where I'm going to be on this date, this date, and this date. If you don't hear from me by this date, then you need to be concerned. Like I will let you know that I am okay or something is wrong. Um, and that sounds silly and I don't want to make anybody feel like they're being a sissy or, you know, it. everybody worries about that stuff. Everybody wants to be a tough guy, myself included. That's kind of how I was raised. But I've seen it enough now where I'm like, you know what? I, I Being a tough guy or being represented as a tough guy is not more important than my life, right? So definitely let people know where you're going. Definitely make sure you have communication channels. If you're traveling with a group of other overlanders, make sure you're all on the same channel, right? Do you have CBs? Do you have ham? Do you have GMRS? Like what type of 
communications are you going to run? What channel are you going to be on? Are you guys all synced up? So that's important too. Um, so that's number three. So then number four, vehicle. And what I mean by vehicle is, and you guys have heard me talk about this a lot, I am a firm believer that it does not necessarily matter what kind of vehicle you have. And you'll hear people say like, take what you got, right? Run what you brung, that kind of thing. And I definitely agree with that. I, I would say, you know, there are, I see this all the time on like Overlanding USA on Facebook and different groups and things like that where people are just petrified to actually take a trip and they're like, well, you know, I have a four by four, but it's not lifted. I don't have mud tires. I don't have lockers. <clears throat> One thing or another, right? There's always an excuse that we can scare ourselves out of taking a trip. Um, but what I will say is, just take what you got, right? You're going to learn. Be careful. Think about your trip. Plan your trip. Don't go into a place that you know the terrain is like 35-inch tires and above with lockers and, well, winch and all this. Like, just be smart about it, right? If you want to go, like, start out on some gravel roads in a national forest and go and explore. And if you really want to be safe and you want to test your vehicle, go to like an off-road park, right? Go and see what you can do. Go to like a quarry area. Go to a water crossing. Go to try out all the different terrains and see what your vehicle is capable. Try out all the different terrains and see what your vehicle is capable of. And then you can build your modifications from there. So you can say, you know what? Definitely need more ground clearance. I'm scraping everywhere I go. You know, I definitely need diff breathers because I went across this not even deep water crossing and it was sketchy and I was scared to death. So it's worth the money to do the diff breathers. You know, I need a snorkel because I'm in the desert all the time and I want air above the dusty, mucky stuff. Um, I do a lot of water crossing, so I need a snorkel. You know, like just all those things. There's so many things that can go into it. And you can very easily go and spend a ton of money on stuff you're not ever going to use and you think you need, but you don't. Go out and do it first and learn and then come back and and pick your modifications based on what you learned. So that kind of covers vehicles, you know, to not go too deep, but to kind of give you guys an idea of, you know, what I've done to my truck. My Xterra, you know, I, I tried to focus heavily on overlanding. So I started with the basics, right? I went bigger tires, lift, armor. Those are the things I went with. Because, you know, obviously if you smash your transmission on a rock, smash your radiator on a rock, any of that stuff, you're done out in the middle of nowhere. And that's a scary situation. Um, the lift just gives me more clearance to run bigger tires, which actually lifts me higher off the ground so that I have more clearance. I can overcome bigger obstacles. Um, I still don't have lockers. I'm open diffs all around on my exterior. And I've been all over the place. I've been through water up to my headlights, you know, like, so again, don't be scared. Don't think I have to have this fully built rock crawler roll cage to like, you don't, you don't have to have all that stuff. But I also don't want you to overshoot and get yourself into a dangerous position, right? So start low on the totem pole, move up through challenges. And as you do each one, you'll learn more and more. So hopefully that kind of tells you a little bit about the vehicle. And now the fifth one, tools. So this can cover a huge variety of topics, right? So it could be tools just in general to work on your vehicle. So you know your vehicle probably better than anyone. I am a Nissan guy. I've had a number of Nissans. I've built up a collection of tools that work really well with Nissans. I have a separate toolkit with duplicate tools in it that is specifically for longer trips. 
And I grab that and I throw it in the back anytime I go on a, you know, two plus day trip. And it has, you know, uh, sockets the size of my lug nuts, sockets the size of my axle nuts. Um, you know, anything that you could possibly need on a trip, the infamous 10 mil. I have a 10 mil in there. If I need to take something off my battery, I've got stuff for that. Um, wire cutters, electrical tape, things like that, right? So think about what are the tools that you might ever possibly need. Um, other tools that could be included in this would be spare parts. So, you know, you see a lot of Toyota and Jeep guys and just every kind of guys carrying extra axles and, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Brake pads, blah, 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 blah. There's a million things that you could take. Go on your, your forums, learn about your platform, see what things are common to brake, and then find those parts and carry them in your vehicle. Find a spot that's permanent and leave them there just so that you have them, just in case. So if you're out on the trail, you know, recently on Midwest Overlanders, there was a, a friend of mine whose CV uh, joint busted and then a bunch of other stuff busted. And and I'm not saying anything about he should have had these things because it was a disaster, right? And they were in a bad spot. It was pouring rain, super muddy. There was nothing he could have done. But that's just an example of things that are going to break that if you can bring with you, you know, luckily he was in an off-road park where he could fix it. You know, he could get it towed up, trailered out, and then fix it. But if you're, you know, two days back into a national forest or into a BLM land and you don't have the right tools to fix it, you could be walking for a long time trying to get to where you have enough reception to get help. So take the things that you might need for your vehicle. Take an air compressor. Because you know you're probably, if you're on a long trip, you may have to air down. Have your own ability to air back up, right? So things like that are important. A high lift jack and support supporting items for a high lift jack are important too. So if you know if you don't have sliders on the side, if you don't have bumpers on the front and rear, make sure that you have you know the adapter for the high lift jack that will allow you to attach to a wheel. It has kind of two straps and hooks. You could attach it to a wheel and then lift the vehicle by the wheel. Um, you need to just make sure that you have options to repair the vehicle if you're out in the middle of nowhere that you have the tools. So again, I hope that that was kind of helpful for you guys. I hope that those top five kind of give you a little bit of an example of what you need to think about before you go on your first overlanding trip. Um, Again, I'm sure there are other things that I didn't touch on in, on this video. So I wanted to just kind of hit the highlights, but if you guys have other things that you can think of, definitely post up in the comments below. Um, if you're new to the channel, thank you so much for watching this far into the video. Um, click the subscribe button, click the bell to be notified when I post new videos. I do at least one gear review and one podcast slash vlog a week. So I'm here for you guys. I want to create great content. I want to hear from you guys. And I want to make it better and better and better until we're all, you know, growing and learning together. So as I always say, get out there, live, learn, discover, go on trips, learn about your vehicle, learn about your capabilities of your equipment, get better equipment and continue to go on trips. So thank you guys again for watching.